0: Welcome to this bonus episode of Bible Explained Verse by Verse. Today I would like to share some miracles that I personally have witnessed. But first, before I share these miracles, I want you to understand that experiencing miracles doesn't mean that you have more faith than other people, or that God has a closer relationship with you than other people. Because the Lord has sent miracles to everyone. And I know that many of you will enjoy hearing these miracles, but you'll also be reminded of things the Lord has done for you that are just as amazing. I'm not special because I have witnessed these miracles. The Lord loves everybody, and he'll do these exact same things for anyone. Also, we are not to seek miracles. There are preachers today that are trying to pressure people into seeking miracles on a daily basis, but that isn't the gospel. The gospel is that we are to repent of our sins and follow Jesus on a daily basis. It isn't that we're supposed to seek miracles. And even when you read the Bible about some of the people who experienced the most amazing miracles, like Elijah and Moses, they didn't have miracles every single day. It's always a miracle that we even get up out of bed in the morning. So you can call anything a miracle because it literally is. But as far as amazing, astounding things happening, Elijah only had nine miracles recorded in the Bible for his entire life. That should help us put things into perspective. No matter how amazing the Lord is, he's not obligated to show us miracles every day. Just the fact that he created us is enough, and that his son came to die for us, and to shed his blood to transform our lives. That's more than enough. And if I never see another miracle for the rest of my life, I will be thoroughly satisfied and I will not lose faith because the Lord has done enough for me already. So I don't want you to think when you hear about these miracles that there's something wrong with you because these things haven't happened to you. I just want these miracles to encourage you so that you know that miracles are not just from the Bible times. They're for today. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever, just as he said. And if you have faith to believe for a miracle, you will receive it. The Lord promises that. So if you have faith for a miracle, just believe. But know that your faith isn't measured by the amount of miracles that you see, nor is your relationship with the Lord measured by that. In fact, there are some people who are suffering in prison right now, and the Lord isn't bringing them any miracle because he wants to be glorified in their suffering. So he will deliberately not bring us miracles sometimes because he wants us to remain faithful in our suffering. But I hope you are encouraged by these testimonies that I have. I'm just going to share some amazing miracles that have happened to me. The first one is when I was about nine years old. I wasn't a born-again Christian, but I was reading the Bible, and I loved Jesus, and I loved God, and I was going to church regularly as a little nine-year-old. And me and my sister went to the river with a neighbor boy. He had brought a homemade fishing pole with a string attached to it and I didn't realize it but he had also brought his brother's thermos to enjoy a drink while he was there. We walked to the river which was only like less than a mile away from where we lived and it was a little river that was at the park and back in those days kids were trusted to walk around town by themselves. I was playing in the sand because I wasn't interested in fishing. And my sister was off doing something somewhere else as well. I don't know what she was playing at. But anyway, neither of us were fishing. The boy suddenly said, Oh, no. I was really concerned, and I ran up to him where he was standing at the shore of the river. And I said, What's wrong? And he said, My brother's going to kill me. And he pointed out to the river, and the thermos top that was the little plastic top that you can use as a cup, It was floating downstream and across to the other side. So it was floating in a diagonal direction away from us and downstream. All of a sudden, I felt the compassion of Jesus in me. And I said, don't worry. Jesus is going to bring that thermos cup back. So I made the little boy pray with me. I made him close his eyes. And I said a really short prayer that was probably 15 seconds long. And I said, Jesus... I know that wherever there's two or more gathered in your name, there you are, and I believe that you're going to bring this thermos cup back, and I thank you for it, and Jesus' name, amen. It was pretty much like that. And the Holy Spirit told me not to look across the river until after I had told the boy that the cup was coming back. So when I opened my eyes, I turned my head to the boy first so that I would only see his face and I wouldn't see the cup in the river. And I looked at him and said, look, across the river, the cup is coming back. And I said, either an angel is pushing it back or Jesus is just making it come back on its own, but it is coming back. Then I turned and looked at the cup and sure enough, it was coming back in the exact same direction that it had left. It was coming upstream, diagonally, back toward our side of the river. I'm not good at judging distances, but I know that when we started praying, it had to have been a minimum of 50 feet away from us. And it traveled back that same distance in just the few seconds while we were praying. And then when it came to shore, the boy picked it up. And after that, we all went back to what we were doing. He went back to fishing. And I went back to playing in the sand. And I don't know where my sister was during that whole time. But she was somewhere nearby. At that time, I guess I had a lot of faith. More than I realized. Then, another great miracle was about eight years ago. When I worked at a Christian bookstore. And there was a girl in there who worked there. And she had come in and she was really sad. And we all asked her what was wrong. And she said that her face was in a lot of pain. She had a boil on her chin. It was like a pimple that was super, super deep under multiple layers of skin. So it was a boil and it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It couldn't go anywhere. All it could do was keep getting bigger. And she said that she would get them occasionally, and she said this one was so big and so painful that she had to drink out of a straw. And she was just in a lot of pain, and she couldn't even enjoy eating lunch or anything. After work was over, I met her in the parking lot, and I said, Do you want to pray for this, that it'll go away? And she said, Yeah. And I gently put the back of one of my fingers on it. I didn't want to put my dirty hand on her face, so I kind of turned my finger to the back side where it's not as dirty, and I just very gently touched it. And again, it was a very short prayer, and I just said, Jesus, we believe that you're going to heal her from this moment on, and we thank you for healing her. Amen. That was pretty much it. We both really believed, and she looked really happy when I got done praying. And a few days later, I saw her at work again, and she was so happy. And she told me that from the very moment that we prayed, that was when the healing began, and the boil started getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You can see that the boil was still on her face, but it was a lot smaller, and you could see it was healing because it had a crust over it. Whereas before, it was a lot bigger, and you could see the pressure point before. And she said that she could drink fine and eat fine. She was smiling because she couldn't even smile before for the pain. So that was a huge miracle. She was really happy and so was I. Now, don't think that every time I pray that I get my prayer answered because sometimes when I pray, I don't have any faith. The book of James says that if you don't have faith, you're wasting your time. The Lord won't answer you. And there have been times when I've prayed without having faith. But these are a couple of times where I prayed and I believed 100%. Now, another story is about probably eight years ago, I was at a friend's house. She was pregnant with, I believe, her fourth child. But she was in her early 40s, and the doctors were telling her that this child would probably have Down syndrome. And she told me that she was preparing, that's a quote, She was preparing for a child with Down syndrome. She was getting ready for that. I believe that the Lord wanted me to tell her not to put her faith in the doctors. So I told her, the doctors are 100% wrong. Your child was conceived totally normal. And your child is normal right now in your womb and is going to be born completely normal. And she didn't argue with me. She just accepted that. Then we changed the conversation and talked about something different. But sure enough, a few months later, when her child was born, it was 100% normal. And I think it was a girl. Another great miracle was shortly after I became born again, I lived near a mountain. This would be, I don't know, maybe 12 years ago. And I had a neighbor. Her and her husband were both atheists. And they were going to go hiking on Mount Thilson, which is near Crater Lake. And Mount Thilson has a snow cap all year round, so it always has massive mosquitoes. And when you go hiking there, you have to use mosquito spray constantly while you're hiking, or you'll get eaten alive. They told me that they were going to go hiking that day. I didn't really think anything of it, but about 20 minutes after they left, I remembered that... The mosquitoes are horrible, and I knew they had never been on the mountain before. So I started praying really hard, and I asked the Lord to send a huge wind that would blow all of the mosquitoes away. And I prayed for about 15 minutes. I just kept praying over and over while I was doing my housework, and then I forgot about it. And a couple of hours later, they came back. Both of them had short white hair because they were middle-aged. And both of them, when they came back, it was so comical what their hair looked like. All of their hairs were sticking up in all different directions. It was really funny looking. And I said, how was the hike? And they go, it was so windy that we had to come back early. We couldn't finish hiking the mountain because it was so windy that we got too exhausted to finish the hike. And I said, were there any mosquitoes? And they said, no. The wind blew away every single mosquito. They didn't get one mosquito bite, and that must have been a hurricane of wind. Not only is that a miracle because the Lord answered my prayer, but also, you don't get wind like that in Oregon or any mountainous region, because the mountain blocks wind. So wind can't really get that hard, unless you're at the very top. But when you're going up the mountain, you're not going to feel that kind of wind. So for them to feel that strong of a wind swirling all around the mountain is kind of impossible. That was amazing. Then another miracle that happened. I was in the woods with my first dog, Max. We were taking a hike and we had just left a waterfall. It's a dead end trail where you go to the waterfall and that's where the trail ends. There's only one way in and one way out, so you have to go back on the same trail to get out of that part of the forest. And at the waterfall, there is a very steep drop down to the waterfall, and so on your right side coming back is the drop down to the waterfall, and on your left is an equally steep climb uphill, which nobody could do. It's so steep that you can't even walk up that hill on the left side. But when you get about, you know, a quarter a mile to a third of a mile away down trail, then it widens and you can actually go off trail at that point. There's no steepness. And eventually you get to a trickle of the waterfall that you can actually walk across because it's only like an inch or two deep. So if you had to cross it, you could cross it on foot. But at the waterfall, you cannot cross. It's really dangerous. So we were heading back and the sun was going down, it was almost 5 p.m. All of a sudden my dog started really freaking out and getting terrified. And my dog's body language was showing me that somebody very scary was ahead of us on the trail and it was not an animal. Because whenever animals were on the trail, he would always keep his nose pointed in the direction of the animal. And he would track from right to left across the trail. But now, this time, he was terrified, and he kept looking at my face, which is what he always did when people were coming. But normally, he was never terrified when people were coming. And he would track straight on the trail, because people always walk on the trail. They don't go off trail usually. It's animals that go off trail. So he would track in a straight direction. But anyway, he was absolutely terrified. He was crying and whining and sitting in front of me, and trying to sit on my feet, trying to get me to stop walking. So I knew clearly that an extremely dangerous person was approaching us on the trail, and that we were in really big trouble. So we had nowhere to go. I can't swim. And if we went back to the falls, whoever was there could easily push both of us over the falls. I knew that we had to keep going forward, and try to make it to the clearing, and before the other person got there, if that could be done. I told my dog, Max, I said, we can't stop walking, because where we are, they can throw us over. We have to go forward. So then, I started screaming to the top of my lungs. And I mean, I was bellowing the loudest voice that I could possibly create. I was pointing my head upward, so that my voice would project even further And I was yelling as loud as I could. And I prayed a prayer, screaming it, saying, Jesus, thank you for protecting us. You're King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and all that stuff. And I went on and on for a few minutes, praying to Jesus for his protection. And then after that, I sang a couple of songs, again, bellowing and screaming to the absolute top of my voice projecting my voice as far as it would possibly go. So I know that probably anybody who was on that trail would have heard me. I wanted whoever was coming to know that they were going to have to face off with Jesus and not us. So I just kept doing that, and I sang two songs that were about Jesus. One was, He is the Lion of the Tribe of Judah Jesus. And then the other song, I can't remember what I sang. I was marching and screaming songs. As the seconds and minutes went by, my dog started relaxing more and more and getting a little bit less anxious and nervous. And we never saw anybody. And then we came to the one stump on the trail where a person could sit. There was only one tree stump and there were no benches or anything. And when we got to that stump, My dog went as far around that stump as he possibly could with his tail down and his nose down, as if something horrible was there, but you couldn't see anything. So I believe that the demons were left behind on that stump, and that probably an angel had them in chains too, but Max could sense it. I myself couldn't sense anything. Once we passed that stump, then Max started wagging his tail, and he was so happy, had a big smile on his face. He was on cloud nine because all the danger was over. At that point, we started running off the trail, but not out of fear. It was out of pure joy and giddiness. And we both ran to the parking lot, and there was nobody there. So I knew that Jesus himself came and expelled those demons from whoever was intending harm, and approaching us on the trail. That person had to retreat, and we never even saw them, because they had to retreat faster than we were walking, which is really awesome. That was a huge miracle, and I know for an absolute fact that somebody bad was there because of the way my dog acted. So anyway, that was another great miracle. I'll tell you another miracle that happened. Also, this is around the time that I first became born again. I had suffered from acne my entire adult life. I was in my early 40's, I had just become born again, and I had this facial regime that I would do which made my skin look good, but I had to do it every single night, and I was so tired of it, and when I became born again, I thought to myself, I want Jesus to heal my acne so I don't have to do this facial regime anymore. So I looked in the mirror and I told the acne in the name of Jesus that it had to go. I asked Jesus to take it away and I thanked him. And that also was probably a twenty second prayer. And I believed with all my heart. And that night I deliberately did not do the facial regime. It can take a couple of days for pimples to show. So I didn't have any proof that I was healed yet. But the next morning I told my mom and some of my Students, because I was a teacher at the time. I told some of my students that Jesus had healed my acne, even though I didn't have any proof yet, because enough time hadn't passed for me to know for sure that I wasn't going to break out. But sure enough, I never broke out again, except the only time I'll ever even begin to get a little blemish is if I eat tons of candy and I don't drink any water for a while. And if that happens, if I start to see a blemish, all I have to do is stop eating the candy and drink some water. So I don't have acne anymore, because anybody will get a blemish if they eat enough junk food. So I do not have acne. Those are just some wonderful memories and stories that I wanted to tell you There's been tons of other miracles that I can't even remember, but I just wanted to share those with you because they're pretty outstanding. I know that you also have had miracles and that you will have many more as long as you keep believing in Jesus and keep following him. One last precious testimony that I want to share with you is from when I was 28 years old. I was not a born-again Christian, but I was really seeking the Lord at that time in my life. I was finishing college. I was praying every day and reading the Bible and begging the Lord to forgive me of my sins. I was studying at the local library, and they had these study rooms that you could use. I was in a study room. I heard this group of people entering the room next to me. Either the walls were paper thin, or the Lord was giving me supernatural hearing, because I could hear everything that was going on in the other room. I could hear what they were saying and doing so well that it was almost a visual experience. Like I could hear how they were moving in the room, who was sitting down first, who was standing, how many people there were. The hearing was so perfect. There was a witch in there. There were three ladies that she had been meeting with regularly. And each of these three ladies had brought their husband or boyfriend for this meeting. The ladies already knew the witch, but she had convinced them to bring their men so that the witch could meet their men too and work with them. They all came in, shook hands, said, How are you doing? Nice to meet you, blah blah blah. And then they sat down. The witch was going to lead them in prayer, and she promised them that when they said these prayers to the spirits, which I knew would be demons, and she said, When we say this prayer, you will then get everything that you ever wanted. And she was promising them worldly stuff like money, power, fame, whatever they wanted. Immediately, I thought, not on my watch, Jesus. And I started praying quietly. Now this, I believe, was from the Holy Spirit. Because I started praying that God would send two spirits into that room. One was a spirit of confusion and the other one was a spirit of shame. From reading the Old Testament, I knew that God has control over every spirit, even if it is an evil spirit. He controls all of the spirits. And in the Old Testament, it said that he gave a lying spirit to go into the prophets at one point in the Old Testament. So I said, Jesus, please bring in a spirit of confusion and a spirit of shame, so that they are ashamed of themselves for meeting together, and they are so confused and so embarrassed and ashamed that they vow to themselves individually that they will never get together again and see each other. I was praying that the whole group would disperse and never have any influence on each other again. I was only praying for like a few seconds, and I could sense that These two spirits had entered that room next door, like a tornado. They were swirling around at lightning speed in that room. And I heard one of the men say, What are we doing? And that was the spirit of confusion that was speaking through him. And then I heard either the same man or another man say, This is stupid! And that was the spirit of shame. He was embarrassed that he was with them. By the time the second guy said this is stupid, all of them were getting up out of their chairs. And I heard the witch say, I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry this never happens. We can get together again in two weeks and try again. But nobody was listening to her and nobody answered her. You couldn't hear the women talking anymore. They were so ashamed that they didn't even want to say anything No one said goodbye. And this is after they had taken the pains to formally introduce themselves and shake hands and welcome each other. But when they got up to leave, no one said, I'm leaving, and no one said goodbye. You could hear the sound of chairs shuffling. You could tell that they were not comfortable. So anyway, I knew that they were leaving as fast as they could. And when I knew the room was empty, my first instinct was to just stay where I was but then I couldn't and I was like no I really want to see where these people are. So within 20 seconds I had packed up all my stuff and I left the room. I looked in the room as I passed and it was completely empty. And I looked straight ahead to see if they were going toward the lobby and I knew they were middle aged by their voices. You couldn't see any middle aged people heading toward the lobby. So I started walking faster to try to catch up with them. And I went to the lobby area, and I looked out in the entrance area, and you couldn't see anybody who was middle-aged in that entrance area. And then I ran through the entrance area, and I looked in the parking lot, and nobody was getting in their car, and no cars were driving away. This means that they hightailed it so fast out of there that all I caught was their dust. They must have been halfway running out of the library. And I know that they never saw each other again. Because I know the Lord answered my prayer. That was another amazing miracle. And I wasn't even born again, and I was struggling with sin at the time, in my heart. So God does miracles even before we get saved. He's just so gracious and so amazing. He's amazing. Well, I hope those testimonies, blessed you, will be reading in Isaiah again for the next episode.